Shine Lawyers first got involved via our strong relationship with the litigation funder in the Queensland matter, Litigation Lending, and when they asked us to work with them on investigating the opportunity for similar claims to be brought by Indigenous Australians in Western Australia, Northern Territory and New South Wales and other Australian states. So we first got involved about 18 months ago and we undertook some significant investigations at that time and more recently following the resolution or the the in-principle resolution in Queensland, we've um, upped uh, the ante and are investigating Western Australia um, and the Northern Territory in particular with a lot more vigour and rigour. Can you sort of detail how that process was actually you know, undertaking that investigation process? So first of all, we had to look at the very complex legislation that exists in the Northern Territory and Western Australia in relation to the retention of wages and the protectionist regimes that existed from the end of the 19th century all the way through to the early 1970s. So it's very complex legislation. It involves lots of different regulations. In the case of the Northern Territory, there was legislation from the South Australian um, government in place uh, in the early part of uh, the legislation being in existence and then that moved to the Commonwealth. So it's not straightforward. Um, it's also involved getting access to information via various archive records held by either the Commonwealth or the Territory and the States, speaking to individual people, listening to their stories about their own individual circumstances of having their wages withheld and never having those wages paid to them and also listening to the histories of those people whose family members who were the subject of the legislation have now passed away and have had um, knowledge of and uh, were able to tell us about their relatives' personal circumstances. So there's been a lot involved. We've been on the ground listening to people and their histories and that's for us the most important part of the work we've done to date. And just talking about that, that process of going to communities and speaking to people, I understand in Alice Springs at the moment, uh, how, how is that process going to be proceeding over the next couple of days and then obviously moving into Tennant Creek on the Wednesday? Yeah, so um, from 2 till 4, we'll be in uh, Alice Springs at the Andy um, McNeil Room. Uh, that's the first um, event that we're hosting in the NT this week. Uh, we've got a barrister that we're working with uh, who happens to be an Indigenous man and a senior member of the Shine Lawyers team who are there to hear the stories of and to share information with people who are interested in what we are doing um, in relation to this particular action. Between 9 and 10am, that's Tuesday 30 July, 9 to 10am, we're at the Children's Ground which is behind the St Joseph's Flexible Learning Centre, also in Alice and again um, those two gentlemen will be there available to um, meet with uh, people who want to get more information uh, about what um, this involves and to take down their details if they'd like to be a part of it. We move to Tennant Creek on Wednesday, we'll be at the uh, Papaloo Aboriginal Corporation venue there from 9 to 11 on Wednesday and then on Wednesday we'll again be in Tennant Creek at the Patterson Street Hub from 2 till 4pm. So we've got um, a couple of 
very busy days where we'd like to meet as many people who were personally affected by this legislation themselves of having their wages held or the family members of those people who have since passed away who believe that their family members were also the subject of this legislation. Do people need to take any sort of like documentation or anything like that as they're going to these Not meetings? a thing. No, no documentation is required. At the moment, we're just collecting information and we are wanting to hear from people as to their personal situation so we can help them to identify what rights they may have. And those sort of claims that you've looked at so far, are they typically within a wide range of different sort of, uh, you know, employment places, whether it be like stockmen or fishing or mining or, or anything like that? That's right. So they, um, the people we've spoken to to date largely worked for large pastoral businesses within the Territory in particular. In other parts of Australia, some of the workers were employed in more smaller holdings and different types of businesses. But the nature of work in the Territory was that it was very closely connected with um, the pastoral estates and the missions also. So the, the, the type of work that people might have done who were affected by this is that they might have been stockmen, they might have been ringers, they might have been camp cooks, they might have been fencers, uh, labouring type work in those sorts of environments. That's for largely for the men, although we have heard of women, and this I must admit, maybe I'm showing I'm sexist, but I didn't think that women would be um, working as ringers and, and, and handling the stock, but apparently um, many Indigenous women did do that work as well. Um, so in addition, we have heard from people who were employed to work um, in like the vegetable gardens and closer to the property assisting with the uh, rearing of animals that were subsequently, you know, slaughtered and, 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 um, and used uh, for, the, for feeding people on the, on the properties and in the missions, uh, often worked in the kitchens, in the laundry, servants, um, so all of those sorts of domestic type workers as well. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I understand estimates around uh, $500 million for the amount of money owed to Indigenous workers just within Queensland. Is that, would you expect that to be similar in, in other jurisdictions around the country, like the Northern Territory? Look, I've done no work in relation to what the size of any claim may be, and I was not involved in the Queensland case, so I'm not in a position at all to comment um, upon, you know, the size of the claim in that state. What I do know is that there... Um, based on the work that we've done to date, many people who were affected. I think in Queensland, the number to is spoken about is, is thousands of individual claimants. And, you know, we're talking about money that was withheld for a long period of time. So when you combine the number of people with a very long time that money was withheld, it inevitably results in a large sum being spoken about. But it's far too early to be discussing numbers and figures and it's something that will be done down the track. So what are the next stages following these discussions here in, in Central Australia? What's the next steps? Yes. yes, so there's a lot of things that are happening simultaneously. So we are at the same time that our team are in the field 
in the Territory this week. We have other lawyers working very hard on finalising um, the statement of claim and finalising the right person to lead this action and, and to assist in selecting that person. So there, there's lots of things that happen at the same time. We're confident that we'll be able to commence proceedings within the next few months. I don't want to give any specific time frame because it's always uh, challenging to be specific about these things. Um, but, you know, we are very confident of progressing this case and cases in WA and uh, New South Wales um, very quickly and we're working very closely with the litigation funder to achieve that outcome. Can you just elaborate in terms of having that applicant, you know, sort of the main applicant as part of it? What happens is that one person is what is known as the representative lead applicant who heads the case up. So that person's individual circumstances are considered by the court and they are said to be representative of all of the people who have been affected by this legislation and the case theory that we're proposing. So in Queensland, you may know that um, that person was a lovely man called Mr Hans Pearson and he was what we call the representative lead applicant and he was the person who led the case on behalf of all of the other affected group members. So we would eventually expect to have one for the Northern Territory and then one for the other states as well, yeah? That's right, correct, yes. If people can't come to our meetings, that doesn't mean that we don't want to hear from them. They can contact us via our number 131199, that's at no cost to them, that's 131199, or they can go to our website shine.com.au where they um, can find a link to the stolen wages page and information is there and they can actually register their interest online. 